clear and clean, and then the problem claims it, and then it gets murky. I've seen it over and over and over again. But who knows, maybe not this time. But usually I get people really excited in, uh, you know, when there's a talk, and then they go to zenbitchslap.com, I never hear from them again. <laughs> <laughs> it's not palatable for them. I don't know what the hell happens. It's a really incredible transformation very quickly. That's why I used to like to leave the town I spoke at at least before three days, or they, you know, they'd rise up against me and they really like me. And then they, what the, f- what does this guy do? Not a. just going to go over a simple, for me, a simple, simple way of seeing it. You may agree or not, but just entertain it. See if it works for you. Because a lot of things we've been entertaining obviously haven't been really working. There's still usually an underlying current of irritability, restlessness, and discontent, and a lot of anxiety about what's not happening, a sense of being terminally unique, taking ourselves to start at the mental process instead of the conscious contact. So all these things will have their effects. And then the point is, is sometimes if you describe the effects, it's like you'll know the problem by the solution. You really will. Just like in AA, they would say that it's obsession with self, or I, I believe it's identification as self. But you really know the problem when you feel, or you get a sense of really being, quote unquote, out of self then you realize that it was the problem, that being in self is the problem. Because you feel the relief of that when you're out of it. And then finally two and two is put together, and now you're on to something. And so the, one of the first things in recovery, and you don't have to, you've been here long enough, you know, you're in recovery already. The first addiction is the mind's addiction to being a self, really. And that's spun... To me, that's what I believe alcoholism is really rooted in. And you know, alcoholism, you cannot see it. It's not something you can take an MRI or an X-ray. You won't see it. <clears throat> you can see its effects on the physical body. You know, liver may be enlarged and all this and all that, but you'll never see what they call alcoholism. It'll never come up on an X-ray or an MRI because it's a mental disease. It's not really a thing you can see in form, yes? And if you can entertain the idea that the idea or the sense of being you is really produced by a mental process, one of many mental processes, but there is a mental process that produced the sense of self, because even when you were born, you didn't have one for quite a while. Yeah? So something had to develop, and actually they say... We're one of the only things that some of some of what we are as a body develops after we come out of the womb. The brain takes a lot longer than nine months to develop. That's why kids are like moving around and everything because the wiring isn't set up yet. Yeah, where they coordinate and they have you know hand-to-eye coordination like that. The brain is still working, and the brain is working to develop a self, a sense of being a self. It usually starts hitting a cup in the, after two years or so, right? Because in the beginning, you don't see anything as other yet. You're not, you know, what you haven't seen, first of all, you haven't seen a reflection of yourself and recognized as you. 
And therefore, you never see your own head, you're only seeing out. And you're not taking anyone to be anything other than what you are, yeah? Supposedly, there's a sense of oneness in you when you're a baby. But obviously, the mental development produces or starts to produce a sense of self. Maybe for survival, who knows? But there was, it has an imperative and it produces one. And when the sense of self arises, it has a quality to it that many other processes don't have. The quality is that it tends to claim what it comes in contact with, yes? and it also claims what you are to be it. So it claims that it gets the biggest meaning that you can give to anything. And this is a subjective experience. Make no mistake about it. You give meaning to everything. Where you're looking at life from and how it's held here is projected out there by meaning. So to me, the biggest meaning you could give anything would be it's you. It's the biggest meaning the mind or the mental process can give to anything is that it's you. It's bigger than being God, obviously. Because it's you that knows God. God doesn't know you, right? So in that actual uh, relationship, you're the main mover of the relationship. God will not be known unless you know it. So I would say you're the bigger God. So this sense of being a self is exaggerated in in that mental process. Let's just see that mental process that produces the self is infected with what we call alcoholism. So it really produces a super-turbo self, you know, and a very obsessed-over self, a very thought-over self, a very, very self-conscious, yes? And, you know, self-consciousness means how you think other people are seeing you as an object. It's good to look at the definitions, statements, because a lot of people, they imply something that it doesn't mean, a lot of things. But self-consciousness means how you, how you think other people are viewing you as an object how you think other people are viewing you as an object. Obviously, that means that the mental process is identified as an object. Yes? The only way people can view me here is as a body. It can stick a lot of my behavior on it, but where does it pin all my behavior on a body? This is me, yes? So when the mind is thinking about itself or is self-conscious of how others are thinking about it, it's conscious of them as thinking about it, about it as a body. Yeah? Self-consciousness is the, when the mind is concerned with how other people are viewing it as an object. Yeah? So obviously, it takes itself to be an object. Now, is the mental process an object? No. But the body is, yes? So... The mental process takes you to be a body. If the mental process is the way you know anything here, and most of us, that's how we know it, we're plugged into K-Paul, and K-Greg, and K-Debbie, yes, and K-Sunny, and basically all our information is being filtered through that radio program, cell phone, yes? And in that radio program, the way you and I are held is as a body. The way that program knows you, and that is by thinking, it thinks of you and me as a body. When you think of yourself in a situation in the past, you think of yourself as a body, don't you? 
And when you're thinking about what may happen to you in the future, that you is a body. Now, think, try to think about you in the future, not as a body. Go to a next Friday and think of what's going to not happen to you, not as a body. It totally diffuses the whole system, yeah, of what's not happening. Because what's not happening depends on the you that it's not happening to. Seriously. It rests on the you that is not happening. What's not happening is always about you as a body. What's not happening in the past, yes, and what's not happening in the future. The way the mind holds you and what it's referring when it's talking about you and what it's implying and what it's indicating is a body. Yeah? So in recovery, it says, why do you have so much anxiety in your life? It actually says, why do you have so much fear? On page 64 or 60, I think, 67 in our book. It asks a question, why do you have so much fear in your life? And it doesn't let us answer, which is really a very, very wise move. This would have been a huge story. He gives you the answer right away, right? He says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? So what is relying on self? It's relying on you as a body. If self in the mental process is encapsulated as a body, then when you're relying on self, you're relying on you as a body. Yes? Your whole story about you in this life is of a body. And that reliance on you or on self as a body and the whole system that pictures you as a body is what's unreliable. Because when you're relying on this self, of the being the body, that is the active, or you may even see most times, a passive denial of what you truly are, which is spirit, let's say. If you want to call it that, if you want to call it consciousness, if you want to call it mind, whatever you want to call it, but it's not a body. Yes? And the self-centered system will always put you above anything else it's entertaining. So you, as a body, will reign supreme. Even when you start having concepts of God, it's going to be you that's going to know God. God's not knowing you. You're going to be the one that's actually playing God in the topic of God. Because you can live as if you don't know God, and then you can live as if you do know God when you decide that you want to know God. It's almost like a light switch that you can turn on or turn off whenever you want. And most people are totally oblivious to the presence of of what you would call God. But they're experiencing the effects of relying on being a body. The body promotes a lot of anxiety because the body can be harmed. Yes, the body has a lot of limitations. It has a lot of working parts that you have no control over. They're all involuntary. You can't even shit when you want to shit. You're not eating your own food. You think you're eating, but you're not eating it at all. All you're doing is delivering it to the system that eats it. Yeah? And even that's a sort of a jump to even think you're doing that. But the system gets in there, and then it, 
you're not sitting here, you know, eating the burrito you had earlier. You're not sitting here digesting right now. You can secrete that spleen. There you go, a little bile. Oh yeah, this is a lot of beans. I gotta. I don't want to produce much gas. So wait a minute, I gotta spend some time on myself. Secrete a lot of it. Get some spit down there. No. Something is basically going on, isn't it? And you really have nothing to do with it, to tell you the truth. You may gum up the works, but you had nothing to do with starting the works. Yes? And in a sense, the mental system is really just an interpretive facility. That's all it does. It interprets life based on conscious contact. It does not interpret life based on an interpretation. Life is based on conscious contact. There's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and you see thoughts like the eye sees a bird. The mental process has nothing to do with that. It just interprets the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. How it interprets the first contact of seeing is, I'm seeing you. Yeah? Yet, if you notice, when you have a feeling, isn't it usually a second or two or maybe a minute after the feeling was noticed that your mind goes, oh, I don't like to have this feeling, but you've already felt it, haven't you? Yeah. You see a bird, if I'm looking out the window, I see the bird, my mind may go, I didn't want to see that bird, but I saw that bird. Obviously, it didn't have much power over it. It's saying it didn't want to see it, but it saw it. Yeah. So something precedes the mental reaction to it, obviously. If you just look during your day, see that what presents first is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and what arises in reaction actually to that, the mental process says, I'm seeing, I'm the one who's hearing, I'm the one who's feeling, I'm the one who's tasting, I'm the one who's touching, and it's as, sur as, it's as absurd as what I just said. I'm the one who's digesting, I'm the one who's pumping the heart, I'm the one who's moving all the blood, I'm the one who's doing this, I'm the one who's doing that. It's as, as absurd of saying that as saying that you're the one who's seeing, you're the one who's hearing, you're the one who's feeling, you're the one who's tasting, you're the one who's touching. It's just as absurd as the other statements. Yet we live in that assumption, don't we, every day? Our whole life story is based on we're the one who's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. How could you be felt like being the doer if you weren't the doer of those? If you weren't the doer of those, the story that you're the doer of all your actions and you omitted and committed many things that you shouldn't have done or should have done, that whole baloney, that whole giant branch where all shame and guilt rests on would be so freaking weak because you would see you're not even seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Without seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, to incite an action, how would there ever be any actions? You wouldn't see anything to do. Would you? So the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching is the cause of all actions which are reactions, actually, to seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, yes? If you're not the one who does the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, how could you be the one who's doing the reactions to it? Give me a break. And then maybe you stubbornly believe that you're the doer of your life, then you run into something called alcoholism, 
and tell me, how does it feel? Doesn't it feel like you're possessed when you're drunk and loaded? That's a damn good interpretation because it is a possession. Something has taken you over. Yes? It hasn't taken over the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, but it's taken over the interpretation and the reaction to it. Yes? So in recovery, are you in recovery? Yeah? In recovery, the first step says we're powerless over alcohol. Who's actually living that first step if they're entertaining guilt and shame right now on their pants? Who's actually living that step? Which is the one step you can do perfectly. Then how many of us are doing it imperfectly? Because we're still feeling guilt and shame for the things that we had any, no power over not doing them. Did we? If you follow the book, it's saying you were powerless over alcohol. So when you put alcohol and drugs in your system, basically it was like dancing with a gorilla. You stopped when it wanted to stop. Yeah? You didn't really have much say in the matter, did you? It was like a possession or what we call a run, whatever. And if you've ever tried to help someone who's in the middle of the run, it is totally pointless. They have to get to the point where the exhaustion is set in, when there's a total collapse of physicality or they've been arrested and held 72 hours, pinned to a bed, then maybe they'll listen. But not when that thing's roaring. It's so freaking pointless trying to help someone who's on that bender. <laughs> because a possession is in middle of the process. There's no way it's going to be stopped unless you deter them physically or put them away. But still, they'll still probably want to, or she'll still want to get loaded. And yet, after something like that, that's so obvious, overwhelms you, the mind will still, still cook up guilt and shame about what you should have done or what you should have done. Yet you had no power. It's sort of like have, believing that when you shit diarrhea, it should have been a you know, one-piece stool. You know what I mean? It's that absurd, really. It's like you're looking back at the toilet going, oh, fuck, I should, no, I should have done a stool there. Not diarrhea. Real little, is it? It's really that absurd. It's like the mental process is looking back into the shitter, basically, and then saying no to the, the form the shit is and saying it should have been something else. And then getting guilty about that as if you were the shitter of it. Yeah. Sounds absurd, but it's really the same thing. This possession comes over you, shits all over your life, and then you go back to all the shit piles and, I shouldn't have done that. Why did I do this? You didn't. You had no, <laughs> you had no say in the matter. But <laughs> if you're identified as self, it's going to always be about you as a self. And there's no escape from self-centeredness as a self. None whatsoever. No matter how far you think you get away from self, when you're in self, as a self, that's being in self. A self will never leave self. Wherever it says, oh, I've just left the realm of self, it's making wherever it shows up is the realm of self. If wherever you show up, identified as a self, is the realm of self, the most highest temple in the Himalayas or sixth in market, it doesn't matter. It's the same, 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 same. 
Self can't get out of self. The whole solution is that we're not one. Yes? So maybe, just maybe, if there would be some kind of connection to what's prior to the manufacturing of the self and the claiming of everything else before it as something it's doing, which is what self has done, the mental process, noting conscious contact, has claimed it and said, I'm the one who's conscious. I'm the one who's seeing. I'm the one who's formulating the shit in my, my lower intestine right now. I think it will be a nice-looking stool. Yes, a very big, long one. I am the one. I am the one who's doing this. I am the one who's doing that. Yes? I am the one who's seeing. I am the one who's hearing. I am the one who's fear, feeling. I am the one who's smelling. I am the one who's tasting. And more so than that, whatever I see, especially in the mental realm, I'm the thinker. That's even more insane than thinking you're the shitter. Yeah? So you look at the thoughts and you think, oh, these are bad thoughts. This is diarrhea. I don't want that. Those are good thoughts. That's our healthy stool. I want more of them. Let's have some shit affirmations. I'm just going to have healthy stools. I'm just going to have healthy stools. That's in total insanity. You're not the thinker. Thinking just happens. And there's an awareness of the thinking brought to you by consciousness. Yes? And the mind can reflect that. And in the reflection of the consciousness is the freedom. When mind's reflecting things, and especially you as a thing, self, a body, then it becomes unconscious. Yeah? The mind, when it reflects its true nature, well, not even true nature, when it reflects consciousness, that's freedom. When it's reflecting life as things and solid and real, and you're as a thing, solid and real, that's called being unconscious. What is it unconscious to? Consciousness. And no good's going to come out of that, because we can see it. Once there's the identification as self, there's a need to get relief. Just like the first time I drank alcohol, it was my solution to alcoholism. I had alcoholism. I felt very irritable, restless, and discontent. There was this little planet called all my thoughts, seemingly my thoughts, were orbiting around it. And it was just an unbearable, very heavy way to be as such, at a young age. And I wanted some relief from that. What's wrong with that? It's a natural inclination. So, the first thing that truly worked was liquid alcohol. So I got a little relief from alcoholism. Yes? Yet, that became an addiction. Yeah? And then I needed a solution to that. So my solution to the, the, the messiness of being an alcoholic at such a young age was drugs. I stopped pissing in my pants on my friend's Castro convertible. I stopped stumbling around and slurring my words. I was wired up now. So that became my solution to the problems that alcohol was producing. And then that solution produced its own problems. I needed to come down. So let me do some heroin. So I get a little, take this freaking edge off of the coke. Oh, let's just get some, let's go some heroin. <laughs> and so on and so forth. It's, but the original addiction is self. The mind is addicted to being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. A body. Yeah? 
And in that addiction, it's forgot its real nature, which is, like Jesus says, you're in this world of body. Or he doesn't say body, but he says you're in this world. And what, what is in this world but bodies, yes? What is in this world but solid, real, seeming things that can hurt you as a body? What is in this world but time? He says, you're, not, you're in this place, but you're not of it. So what would not be of this place? Obviously, what would not be of this place would be, it wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. It wouldn't be of body. It wouldn't be of time. It would be of timelessness, let's say. Of nothingness or spirit. Yes. It would be unseen here. Everything you can see Everything you can feel, everything you can taste, everything you can touch, everything that you can smell is not it. You can't see the eye that's looking. You can't see what's conscious. But your mind can reflect it. Yes? It can reflect the consciousness, and there is its peace. Just like its agitation and its seeking is when it's reflecting things as being solid and real. When it's reflecting no thing as real and solid, it has peace. Here, agitation, seeking, irritability, restlessness, discontent, every state is followed by another state, nothing stabilizes. Here, no thingness, no time. Yes? You have it, you, in a way... The recovery program points at it in so many effects. You have it by giving it away. Yes. To me, it's always available at all times with no requirement necessary to meet it. Or the word, the pause, P-A-U-S-E in AA. It's a timeless moment in this linear story of time. And in that timeless moment, your whole life can change. That's how powerful it is. So the solution is not of time. The solution is not of this place. It is a timeless solution that can't be seen, felt, tasted, or touched, but its effect sure can. Just like Jesus said, you can't know the tree, yes? You can't know what we are, but you will know it by its fruits. So when the mind, instead of reflecting things, starts reflecting no thing, then the fruits of no thing start appearing in your life. Coincidences, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, tons of different things. You feel a sense of grace. Maybe gratitude finally arises in you when something goes well. Maybe you even have gratitude when things aren't going well. An incredible, incredible state where your condition will outshine the circumstances and situations of your life. In other words, this will be the dominant expression or influence of this. Yes? What you're not will have the most dominant influence in what you're appearing to be. Because the mind can entertain. You better believe it can entertain. That's what it's doing. When you go home and you're entertaining all the representations of the day by the self-centered mental process, and you dwell on, was my pants too short tonight for five fucking hours? Yes? That exquisite suffering produced by that entertaining is not produced by the pants lake. It's not produced by the hem. It's produced by the mind that's entertaining it. That same mind 
if it's taken off of entertaining the length of your pants, or what, what do you think everyone was thinking of me today? Was my outfit, you know, I hope I impressed the girls tonight, whatever it was. When that mind stops entertaining that incessant black hole and starts opening up to entertain nothingness, now it's met its match. This, this nothingness can keep this mind busy. Boredom will not be an experience that happens to a mind that's reflecting nothingness. Boredom is constantly a state you run into when a mind is reflecting things. Isn't it? Because things are inherently disappointing because they have no real substance. They're an appearance. They cannot deliver the goods. All they can do is facilitate you entertaining goods, but they're not the delivery system of the goods. That was the first thing we learned here, especially in our society. My, even, and I didn't have it much in my family, but the society that I was growing up in said, listen, if you got this and have this and get this, it will translate into you being really fucking great. And that greatness will stabilize as long as you have this and have that and do that. Well, that never worked for me. It just didn't translate. When I got everything I wanted, it was worse than when I didn't have it, because at least when I didn't have it, I had hoped that if I got it, it would really be great. But now that I had it, it didn't translate to being good. What am I going to do with that? I'm, I'm up shit's creek. That, that false hope has been blown out of water, because I actually gotten what I was hoping I would get, and it didn't translate. What's one to do? When the major plank of the system I've been living from Failed. And then boredom, yes. She can, have you ever been in the mind when it's bored? Have you ever had where you're, you can't take the reflective nature of your mind away from what it's reflecting on? How fucking boring and depressing this place is, or I am, or my partner is, or my job is, or this and that. Have you ever seen it? Every one of us I've met, I met a, we've had many rounds of that. Well, you'll basically do anything not to be bored. You'll watch the same movie you know sucks for the eighth time. You know? Like Commando or something. One of the worst fucking movies you could ever see. And you'll be stuck there, but it's better than what? Seeing the movie up in my freaking skull. And you, and you, the great doer and haver, can't even turn the channel. Can you? But you believe you've done everything you've done and, and you should have done what you were supposed to do and you didn't. And all your omissions and committing things were all based on you. And yet, you can't even turn the channel off in your own head. Can you? It's called identification. It's called addiction. It's called a sense of powerlessness. Self can't get out of self. It's an incredible sense of powerlessness. And just like in AA, when you admit to your innermost self, when you admit powerlessness, what happens? You have power now in one's life. And you don't experience powerlessness. When you admit powerlessness, you don't ever have to experience powerlessness again. Yeah? It doesn't seem to work. It doesn't seem to be logical, but it's true, right? You would think that you would experience powerlessness if you ever admitted it. But when you admit powerlessness, 
you never have to experience it again. Yeah? And if you stay in the immense of yes, you have that sense of power. Because now you have left, in a sense, you've sworn off, in a sense, you've now questioned the identification with a failed system. Reliance on self is the producer of all anxiety. Why? Because it's unreliable. It's presenting false evidence that can appear real. To the whole room? No. Only to you. You're right now is probably entertaining false evidence that's appearing real. If you attempted to cause it to appear real to me, I would fucking laugh in your face. And the same thing. I may be having some false evidence appearing real here, but I cannot have it a blanket reality for everyone else. Yeah? We're, all, we're having a little subjective experience and we're all in our little lone porno theaters, yes? Up here. And we're all getting screwed, but different ways. And what's not happening? Yes? I'm getting it in the past up the ass, or getting it in the future some other way, you know? <laughs> so why is it that we have, we can't, see false evidence as false evidence. Because what we're identified as is false evidence. Yeah? The body is not claiming to be us. It's not presenting a case to win us over. It's freaking neutral. It's inert. The mental process has told us we're the body. The body hasn't said a damn thing to us. The mental process has said it's the body. We're the body, yes? The mental process is the original false evidence appearing real. The false evidence that this is what you are, that you're the doer and haver in one's life, that you're the mover and shaker is false evidence appearing real. Yeah? So how, if you are false evidence, could you ever see false evidence? You wouldn't know it if it hit you in the face. So false evidence can appear real to us when we're identified as a self. And it's amazing how unreal it appears when you're not identified as a self. What happened? Did that evidence just go through a giant transformation in a false evidence school down in you know, Burlingame? And now it's appearing real? No. It's, all, it's seen as clear as day falsely. Yes, it's false evidence. Now, if you recognize something as false evidence, what more do you have to do? If you recognize what's not happening is being presented to you by the head, if you see it as what's not happening, what more do you need to do after you see it as what's not happening? Nothing. It's a solution that has no time involved in it. Because something's already happening, you're in that, there's a recognition of what's not happening, it doesn't take any time to recognize it's not happening. It's immediate. As soon as it's seen as what's not happening, there's a freedom in that. Because now, you're right where you are already. But what your mind's reflecting isn't a mental process, it's reflecting the conscious contact of now, which is the sense of presence, it's the feeling of being alive. It's what you and I are truly looking for out here every freaking day. 
but we're looking for it in things and situations and circumstances. And yet it's what's looking is what we're looking for. Yeah. What's looking is what we're looking for. It's the awareness of that. Yeah. By recognizing the absence of this. Yeah. Not the absence of this that, oh, this, there's no body. Obviously you're seeing a body. The absence of that body being you. Yeah? The absence of you is the presence. Yeah? Living in the body, you'll sense a presence where now living in the body, you feel absence. You feel an absence, yes? What is an irritable restlessness and discontentment about? It's about something is lacking that I want. Yeah? There's something I must need. I've got to be on the prowl. I've got to be on the lookout. I'm irritable, restless, and discontent because I don't have something I want. Yeah? The absence of that is the presence. The true solution of dissatisfaction is satisfaction. Everything else is just blowing smoke up the ass, really. If you're satisfied, a lot of this behavior that is exhibiting through you will shift because it's based on you not thinking you're satisfied. And I'll tell you, I felt this in my life, I don't know about you, but being identified as a body, this mental mother hen is sitting on you like a big freaking egg. And you're going to be like an urban renewal project. It's never going to be satisfied with your results. It's always going to take you to task and add another hoop or another bar to jump over. And no matter what it says, oh yeah, I'll be happy and peaceful when you get this and get that and do this. What happens when you arrive there? Has it ever worked? Has any lasting peace ever broke? Yeah, never to be unbroken, has it? All the arrival dates that your mind set up, yes, when I get married or when I have my first kid or I do this or I do that or I get my eight-degree black belt or I ba 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 ba. Has that arrival date ever brought a lasting peace? Or did it get denied quickly thereafter and another arrival date set up. Yeah. And is that arrival date ever at 8.17 Wednesday night, November, whatever we are? Is it, is it ever that point? Or is it always sometime time later, yes? Be it even a minute or when the meeting's over or when I get home and eat the Agendas or when I get to see my porno tonight, whatever it may be, yes? There's always a point of arriving that's not of this moment. Yeah? So if you're relying on this system of thought, see its meaning. Do you have thoughts about this present moment, or most of they are about the past and future? What does this mental system, where does it give meaning to things? Doesn't it give more meaning to the future than this moment? If it doesn't, then you'd be here. But isn't this moment just like something you're passing through to get to some future situation? That obviously is going to be better than this. Isn't it? Hasn't this been given a blanket denial, usually, this present moment? And it's just a way to get to a future. But if you notice, any time you arrive at that future date, it's now, isn't it? And every moment you're working towards it is now to that point, that future point, 
But every time you get to that future point, it's now. Can you escape from this nowness of life? Is there any way? Can you actually believe that you could be out of a moment? No matter how much you're thinking about the future, it's happening now. No matter how much you're dwelling on the past, it's happening now. Can you go back to the can you go back to the past? Is there an airport? Can you land there? Can you rent a room? You know, nineteen eighty eight. I'm gonna fly back to nineteen eighty eight today. Stewardess look better then anyway, you know. Get back there. At least they serve you meals and fucking shit. Yeah. I'm gonna go back eighty eight to check out, so um, I think I'm going to go to 2014. I believe 2012 is a hoax, so 2014 I'm going. Yeah, it's going to be really good. Let's see what I'm doing. I rented a place there. I, got a, I booked a, a tour, a tour, 2014. Now, when you go there, how do you go there? Does your physicality go there? Can you touch it, taste it, smell it? Feel it? Can you? All can you do is it's brought to you by thought, yeah? Really. And what is that thought that brings you it? What is that thought, that system that has that thought, what does that system hold you as? As a body, yeah? So when it thinks about you in the future, it thinks about you as a body, yes? It cannot escape that. And when it thinks about you in the past, it thinks about you as a body, yes? It can't think about you any other way. You can, it can say you're a soul in a body, but the body's still playing a major role. <laughs> or you think you're having a spiritual, you're a spirit having a human experience. <laughs> They'll probably tell you your whole life was wasted. <laughs> you'll be what? And then you'll be dead. <laughs> we have no clue what's happening. You can tell us anything. What? Why would it be different? You believed it ever, you know, till this point. Why don't you think you'd believe it then? You've been taking false evidence as real for a long time. They can pull a nice maneuver on you the last moment in the hospital bed. You really blew it. Oh, no. I can't even have a rebuttal. same qualities maybe of this now. And if that quality of this now 
is you're living in interpretation, I wouldn't be uh, too surprised if that occurs then. This isn't about waking up at the time of death. This is about waking up now, because the time of death is a now, just like this is a now. Yeah? The same quality that will be offered in that now is offered this now. Maybe because we're really sick that, 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 that point, or humbled out, maybe we'd be honoring it more. But why not honor it now? If it's the same place that we'd want to go to at then, why not entertain it now? Not as a self, but as what it is, you know? The absence of a self. If you and I give everything the meaning it has, you can believe that or not, but just check it out. This is a subjective experience, yes? You and I are giving everything the meaning it has. And literally, you and I are doing that. Right now, the self-centered system of mind is giving our life meaning. It's not our life, it's life. Yeah? But from our little peculiar point of view, we're seeing life cast in the meaning that our mind has given it. There's an option or an alternative to that meaning. Not trying to live and not react to what you feel like immediately reacting to, but change how you see it. Yeah? If you're not seeing it from self-centeredness, you won't react to it as the same. You'll react to it differently, obviously. Yeah? You're not the one who's reacting to it. You're not a solid thing. I always have the same reaction you're an expression of what's ever taken you over. Yeah? Look at your life. When you were a kid, did you demonstrate all the qualities you did when you were under the influence of drugs and alcohol? No. Did you ever have a girlfriend or a boyfriend say, you know, Paul, when I met you, there was still some light in you. There was something. Now it's out. Yeah? You've, you've succeeded. You've put it out totally. Yeah? Didn't you ever have people say that to you? There was something about you that they could sense, but now they didn't sense it anymore. That wasn't you, what they sensed, and what they're sensing is you now, is in you. We're just a vehicle of expression, yes? If the mind is reflecting things, our life is expressed as a thing. If the mind is reflecting no thing, our life is expressed as a no thing, yes? Appearing as a thing, totally different, totally different, totally different, traveling. The mind is just going to reflect. It, it's strong, like, movement of what it's going to reflect is if you're identified as a thing, it's going to reflect other things as real. Yes? If it's identified this is real, it cannot help but identify the chair and other people and this and this world of solid matter as real. And when that is claimed to be real, spirit is made to be unreal. It's not an opinion. That's what it does. It reflects. So if it's reflecting no thing, when it sees, that's when consciousness contacts things here, because you become aware of things or become conscious of things, when the mind is reflecting that activity, it will still, still be reflecting the no-thingness of it all. Like the 
it says in Zen, I don't know, there's a great Zen person here, but the way I hear the statement is, first there is a mountain, then there is no mountain, then there's the mountain again, yeah? So first, there is the appearance taken to be real, this is a real mountain. Then something happens, the mind shifts, and now there is no mountain, there is no real mountains, and then there's a mountain again. So the appearance of a mountain continues, but the reality isn't so. Yes. The mind is giving it a different meaning now. It's giving it the meaning of an appearance of all, but not singular. Yeah. It's a nice way to see. Everyone here in this room, I love to say this because people make a big deal about faith as if it's something you can acquire. You have tons of faith right this second. We all have. It's just manifest faith like a lot of other energies. When they manifest here, it, it's based on the vehicle they're put in. Yeah? It's almost like an energy. If it's delivered to a system that's unreliable, that faith is going to produce anxiety in what's entertaining it, yeah? So the faith, that natural state, that quality that we have, when we put faith in something that's unreliable, that faith turns into anxiety, yes? Doesn't it? If I have faith in the thoughts that are appearing in my head, which most of them are about what's going to happen to me in the future, yes? In what's not happening, that belief in those thoughts will produce an uncomfortableness in my skin, yeah? Because I think I'm going to have cancer maybe next year. Or I'm going to be destitute. Or my girlfriend is planning on sleeping with somebody after the talk tonight or whatever, you know. Or, you know, whatever it could be. Anything can happen and what's not happening, obviously. Anything. So when my mind entertains that, and it's giving it the meaning to it, which is these are really important because they're concerning me. Yes? That obsession produces what? An anxiety. And when do you feel that anxiety? In next Friday? Or do you feel it right now? Because you can't feel it in next Friday because it's not happening. But you still have the feeling of it which is happening now. Yeah? That's all brought to you by faith. How could... How could real product be produced from something that's unreal? How could you go to the field of what's not happening, the field of what's not happening, and produce or pick a crop from that field? It's not happening. There's no crop. Nothing's growing there. <coughs> so it's not coming from what's not happening. It's coming from the faith that your mind has in the reality of what's not happening. Yes? And that faith brings you the fruit, which is anxiety. Ah, Jesus. Yet, when you have faith in, let's say, your faith has been removed from the thought system. Let's not say it's put anywhere else. Just removed from that thought system. I've noticed that that same faith I used to have in my thoughts when removed from that, produce an ease and comfort in my skin. Now, now, not next week, not about getting a parking space at the meeting, not about I hope I meet a girl or something. 
I hope I have, I have faith that God's going to give me what I want. Not that. And ease and comfort now. 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 Same faith, but put in a different vehicle. Yeah. If you're taking yourself to be this, what vehicle is your faith going to be put in? Into the system that declared this being you. And that faith is going to produce anxiety. And you're going to have a reaction to it. And maybe you'll take a pill because you're really worried about what's not happening. And you'll take a pill now. So you'll take seemingly a real pill to give you relief from an imaginary problem. (laughs) And then this real pill produces a real addiction (laughs) and ruins your life. (laughs) And the whole storyline about why you spent all your rent money and left your wife, sold the silver and everything, because you were anxious about what was not happening. I won't flip out at the next picnic I go to. And maybe I can have a two-month-long relationship without flipping out and going crazy. Maybe I won't have stalking charges this year or whatever will happen. (laughs) Wow, it's an incredible level of success. (laughs) I'm really, my sights are held high, man. That's what happened. I was a young kid. I wanted to be a biologist, and after a few years of alcoholism, my idea of success was not to be arrested. <laughs> my my sights <laughs> I mean, talk about downsizing. seeing, 
Yes? There was hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Consciousness was at play, wasn't it? It was activated. You were aware of something, yes? Whatever that was. But awareness was there. Now, all the somethings that were at that moment may be different now, but the awareness is the same, yeah? And maybe there'll be a moment in your life where there won't be that many somethings, but the awareness will still be there. Yes? So you can change, maybe one room, there was 40 chairs, and then 20 years later, there was only five chairs, and then 20 years before, there was a couple of couches. But the awareness, yes, is the same. And the awareness precedes and always will precede the mental reaction to it. Why would I want to take a product of the mental reaction to be me when what's prior to it is evident much more than what it's telling me that I am is? Yes? I mean, if you were here and you had an opportunity in consciousness to recognize what you are, why wouldn't you say what precedes everything that's ever arisen? I must be that. How could I be something that arose without being what sees it? Yeah. If I'm truly like a chair, which is an appearance here, and my, my realm of effects only has any import in the land of appearances. I can't affect the space in this room, can I? I can't grab it or punch it, yes. I can't strangle it, can I? I basically have no effect on the space that I'm appearing in, and I can only have effect on other appearances, and they can have an effect on me, but when it's all said and done, if you looked at ourselves as a cloud or a plane or some explosions in the sky, did any of those explosions or planes or clouds affect the sky? If they were rain clouds, it, the earth got wet, but did the sky get wet? Yeah. So in a sense, appearances can affect other appearances. The rain of the cloud can affect the appearance called the earth, but it can affect the space all of this is appearing in. So if there is something, or let's say call it no thing, and then there's something that's appearing in it, and what appears in it has no effect on it, I would imagine that that's real and this isn't. I found when I was brought to this point through an invitation, I entertained it, and my mind recognized something. Actually recognized nothing. Yeah? And it's made a huge difference in the world of appearances, but this appearance. Yeah? Because my mind, when it now is aware and attentive to things, it has a constant sense of the nothingness of this place. Yeah? So nice, because now my attention is seeing you, yeah? my awareness sees you, but while that's happening, I see, and that seeing doesn't hit the billboard that my mind made up with the big picture of me in it, Paul, 
and then bounce back to everything else and always come back to this one thing called Paul out of the thousand things here. Yes? So I meet a thousand things, but all time, every time I meet a thousand things, it's brought back to one thing. When that billboard was removed by entertaining, I may not possibly be that, then that attention, that met a thousand things, went back and met no thing. Yes? And then in the meeting of no thing, it remembers no thing while it meets millions of things. And it recognizes the no-thingness is its nature, and the thingness isn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the act of being inherently free. Yeah. like almost everyone I've ever met, literally, almost everyone, it's always been a hallelujah. It's when they go home and think about it, it gets fucked. Yeah? I've seen it. I've seen people's turn on their face and uh, that pause wrapping around the scene. Yeah? It's beautiful. The mind stopped, the selfing, and that pause wrapping around the scene. Yeah? And then you can see it. And then a day or two later, the membrane has been wrapped around it and now they think they know or something. seen that real world. <laughs> 
Oh, wait till you get into the real world. What? I haven't been in the real world these 45, 50 years yet? Oh no, there's a real world out there. Where the fuck is it? <laughs> oh, you'll know. Then you'll realize it's important to worry and be anxious. Oh, that real world, yes. The world that's not happening. Yes, I know that real world. You're going to get it in that real world. <laughs> Your fucking loafing days are over. The real world's going to grind you up and spit you out. You're lucky you don't have three kids and a mortgage. That real world, you wouldn't have any time to do this. There'd be no entertaining anything like this. You'd have to get down to fucking business in the real world. Oh, yes. How long does the real world last? I don't know, about another 20 years. Oh, all right. So if I can stay away from for 20, I'll be all right? Yeah. The real world. What's that supposed to do? Yes? All in, all investigations over when someone puts down that gavel? The real world. i got to get back to the real world. I don't have time to listen to this. end with a serenity prayer. How's that? Would that be nice? Oh, pass the basket. Yes. I keep, I keep defeating my own uh, whatever it's called. What is it? My own well-being. Yes. This, this is a donation for the real world. Big down. I need a lot of that money for the real world. They're looking for me.